What's up, everybody? Welcome to Teutonic Takes. Bienvenidos a Teutonic Takes. I mean, we're finally back. Uh, this is the OGs, right? Me and Ivan. What's up, Ivan? Welcome back. All right. Just where we left off uh, back in December, talking about San Jose Quick's playoff exit to Sporting Kansas City, but mm-hmm. a new season, a fresh start. I'm ready to talk about this game and you know, maybe it's for the best that our first post-game podcast was this one rather than Houston. Granted, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought we were going to struggle more in this game than against mm. Houston. Yeah, and just to give my like first impressions about the game, I just thought Dallas came out. They could have had some goals right at the beginning, but then they lost their bite, and they ended up having no bite. So it just really they, – they were really deflated on that 3-0 like any team would be, but – um, I felt like they were missing that bite that they had years prior. Uh, maybe you no, know, it wasn't a, you know Noah Ruti to to score a goal and bring him back. And it happened last week in in Houston. Ruti scored, but not for FC Dallas, right? Right. Uh, the old adage proves true once again that you gotta score when you're on top, and when you right. don't, that it's very easy to lose a game. And that's what happened to the Southampton of MLS. And I mean that in regards to how FC Dallas has produced so many great players through the youth academy that have gone on to other clubs since then. And did any of Dallas's players stand out for you as someone who you think, okay, they're probably the next player on this conveyor belt to Europe? Um, Pomkel, right? They kept on naming yeah. Pomkel, but it, I didn't really see a Cade Cow performance out of him, you know, especially – when you have Cade Cal on the other side of things, just having a beautiful through ball on that goal to <laughs> Christian Espinoza. And then on top of that, a beautiful, beautiful um, fake to the right to shoot and then w- use his left foot to make that goal. Um, again, this, this, this guy looks like he should have been on that U S qualifying squad now, right? It, it all of a sudden yeah. everybody's saying, why wasn't he there? Right. And we've been saying this for months and now right. we knew how good he was. Now everyone knows right now. Everybody knows where, Pomkel, the guy across the uh, the field or on the other team, was on the roster, correct? Right. Yeah. Uh, Paxton Pomkel, he came off as a sub. Let me just run through the lineups real quick now that we're yeah. talking about this. And normal so for things- San Jose Earthquakes. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll go through them then. Yeah. So yeah. This is JT Marcinkowski, Tommy Thompson, Flo Youngworth, Osvaldo Alanis, Palmerie, uh, Palmerie taking a uh, place of Marcos Lopez, who's injured. Mm. Yep. Eric Remedy, Jackson Ewell holding midfield. And then you have your front four of Christian Espinoza, Chofis, Carlos Fierro, and Kate Cowell up top. Sands Earthquakes used substitutions were Wondolowski, unfortunately, though, he got sent off due to a second yellow card. Shea Salinas, Andy Rios, Judson, and Syed Haji. For FC Dallas, you had Jimmy Maurer in goal. You have a back three of Bresson, Matt Hedges, and Jose Martinez. You have your Wingbacks has John Nelson and Ryan Hollingshead. Your holding midfielders were Brian Acosta and Tanner Tessman. And your front three of Jader O'Brien, 
Franco Hara and Freddy Vargas. Their U subs were Felipe. He was the goalkeeper that came mm-hmm. on for Maurer, who got injured. Right. The aforementioned Paxson Pomko. And you also had Eddie Munjoma, Ricardo Pepe, and Andres Ricalte. Yeah, and actually, Wondolowski went off because he got a straight red. Um, they went to VAR, oh, right? Straight red. Oh, they went wow. to VAR, and they went to go see if it was the stamp. It was, I guess, it, they don't they don't care if it was intentional or not, but if it was a stamp when, I mean, it was a late challenge either way. Right? But it kind of looked like to me that Wando slipped a bit and maybe went too far with it, and then he got a straight red. But everybody's looking on the positive side of things, right? Now we get to see Wando in the stands. Um, <laughs> we get right. to see right Wanda with the ultras one more time and it's a home game right it's against dc united um a game where maybe he's not missed i mean we can have he's a bench you know he's a bench player now so it's more of yeah he shouldn't be doing that but it's 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 not as big as it was in the past right so um but normal 11 from the quakes ivan um i like this lineup i think it's our best lineup um, maybe when Yudson gets match fit, we we talk about putting him in the lineup somewhere. Um, but think ahead of remedy. Yeah, um, I actually have something to say about that later, um, and then possibly Marcos Lopez ahead of Paul Marie. But I think both do a good job. Paul Marie has made some steps to be a little better this year, and I mean he scores goals. He's fundamentally sound in the back. I mean we might be looking at shipping Paul Marie and Marcos Lopez off in the future, right? So who knows what, what happens with this team in the future, but all around, I liked our depth. I mean, this is a squad that was yeah, not fully a hundred percent. Cause we were not having Marcos Lopez and we got the job done. And that's something that the quakes have failed to do often. I mean, they weren't hundred percent with youths in there. Right. So um, definitely they got the job done. They impressed me. Um, I actually missed the first 25 minutes of the game. And that's probably when they did the worst, um, Espinoza missed the penalty. I mean, they, they could have left it, let in a couple of goals. Carlos Fierro. Let's talk about Carlos Fierro. That was a great goal on save. What'd you think? Of it? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was incredible. Uh, Quakes defender of the year nominations have begun and Carlos Fierro somehow is on that ballot. Right. It's kind of like some of the, uh, news surrounding, you know, this is, will be the only politics reference on this podcast with Caitlyn Jenner announcing running for California governor, that probably would be a little more shocking even because you think (laughs) Carlos Fierro, you think of this pacey winger who is torturing opposing defenses, but you don't expect him to make that kind of contribution. So that's perfect. So it was what we needed to get through that part of the game. Yeah. You asked JT a question. Yeah, I did um, on, on the press conference and he said, you know, having, Carlos Fierro back there to save that goal was awesome because he's a winger, right? He's not expecting that at all. <clears throat> so to show that every player has bought into the system, even on the defensive side is, I mean, you would never see Vaco doing that. Okay. I, I hate to say it. I love Vaco, but you would never see him on that back line doing that. So that's what Carlos Fierro brings to the team. And that's what we need, right? We need that grit. We need that, that help. Everybody has each other's back. Just how when Espinosa misses a penalty, um, Matias Almeida was talking about how Alanis wanted to kick that penalty and there was no ego there. Espinosa said, sure, you can kick the penalty. No problem. This team all wants to be better for each other. It's not, it's not a very egotistical team. And I think trophies Lopez comes to a team. I'm starting to see a little bit more of him. What did you think in the first match, Ivan, or a second match of Trophies Lopez? 
Yeah, I think we're starting to see why he was brought here. And I was surprised when someone on the uh, San Jose Earthquakes Facebook group on the match, match thread said he's not worth the money. And that just surprised me for a couple of reasons. One, it's been two games. Like, right. you can't decide a player or transfer has been a flop or success just after two games. Like, it usually, for me, it takes minimum five games mm. uh but usually maybe closer to 10 because 10 depending on the league is anywhere from one third to one quarter of a season that's right. a considerable amount of time and that's what you when you can tell whether or not bringing in a player was a wise decision unless mm. something happened like they got injured very early on right. and we haven't seen them since it's not the case with trophies uh this was a Kate Cowell game. This was a Christian Espinoza game. Uh, Carlos Fierro even had his goal line contribution on the defensive side. So right. naturally, Chofis, who had a lot of expectations, he has his price tag. You expect him to be a contributor. He hasn't had that opportunity yet to do so, but I'm sure he's going to get that opportunity. I don't see him as like an the next Andy Rios wondering mm. why did we bring this player and yeah. even though Andy Rios hasn't done much to get my criticism this season yet <laughs> well I, so there was a stat on the discord that someone threw up that um Andy Rios had more goals scored than Chitarito and I think Alec Polito combined last year so <laughs> I think I think Andy Rios gets a little right. too much hate for no reason um especially when he's making a fraction of what Chicharito makes last year. But again, we can't really, uh, it's comparing orange and apples, right? So, cause Chicharito sells Jersey and Rios doesn't. So he brings in revenue in a different way. Um, but I want to say to quote uh, this show I watched called the challenge. I don't even think it's comparing apples to oranges. It's like comparing a damn peach with like freaking asparagus <laughs> other than both of them being latino strikers i feel like they come from very different like backgrounds they have different expectations they have different careers they mm. you play the game differently i think it is funny though i love that stat yeah <laughs> but that is true and chicharito for his credit he, we won't talk too much about the other games in this fledgling season but he scored in his first game for la galaxy this season so that's got to be like the most amount of pressure possible you could think in an MLS setting just off his shoulders. Like, okay, like starting that season off fresh, but yeah, and it's also a weight off our shoulders for San Jose earthquakes to win this game. Go ahead. Yeah, no, definitely. And Andy Rios, um, he did play at America and, and uh, Chicharito played at Chivas. So they played at the two biggest <laughs> clubs in Liga and Mex at one point. So that's something. <laughs> so maybe they're both. In the I guess in that case, it now. is apples and oranges. <laughs> maybe apples and guava. No, it's <laughs> something completely different. Yeah. All right. But I think I, the yellow of America is close enough to the orange color. And then obviously Chicharito, Chivas, red and white would be apples. Yeah, okay. We've gotten too off track here, but... <laughs> okay, um, but I actually so, really enjoyed... Hip Hop Park. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Remedi. I, I thought Remedi was really good today. I thought he played a lot better than Houston, uh, or what he did in Houston. I thought he looks like a great transfer all of a sudden in one week, right? So we, so this is a little interesting tidbit. I think Remedi is going to start a little longer than expected, 
because I think Yudsin is going to have to come on as a sub for, I want to say maybe three more games or two more games because in the Matias Almeida press conference, he talked about how um, Yudsin came on as a right back to play in this game versus FC Dallas. And he actually didn't take off from Eddie or Yule for Yudsin. So it seems like those positions are pretty concrete going forward um, as at least for right now. So Yudsin coming in as a, I think it was a right back. I think he, did a good job. I mean, I, I was, I was like, wow, he's going forward. I never see Yudsen go that forward. But now that I realized that he was playing the outside back position, I understand why he was going forward um, because it looks like he was saying that two of our, two of our back uh, outside backs are, are injured. I remember he was saying that Lucho Abacasis is injured and so is Marcus Lopez. So possibly we might have Yudsen come in as an outside back to um, take over the substitute duties um, because it looks like they might be out for a little bit. Right. So I think Jutsen, you think he's this all around great defensive player. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the reason why he's on this team. He, and that's why you'd love to sub him on for any tiring defender on your side to kill a game off. Right back. Jutsen is an interesting experiment though, because you imagine that there's going to be some wingers in MLS who would be thinking, okay, we got Jitsen. We know he's a good defender, but he's out of his position. He's used to being more central. So yeah. he doesn't know what he's doing against me. I'm going to put him on skates. That They might have those kind of thoughts when they see a player like Jutsen up against them. But I think Almeida has the utmost confidence in him, as do most Quakes fans, mm. because, you know, this is what he's done since he's arrived here. I don't, I don't judge midfielders playing defense anymore because after what Boniac Garcia did to us last week, uh, <laughs> and he used to be a central attacking mid. So definitely he was playing, he was playing center back last game and he did a great job defending Cade Cowell. So I, I don't judge midfielders playing backs anymore. Uh, so let's speaking of Cade Cowell doing horribly last week. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Everybody knows about Cade Cowell. Now it's, the cat's right. out of the bag. It's a good thing and a bad thing. This is a good thing and a bad thing, right? I think this it's is bad because now Bar- Barcelona is going to call us tonight <laughs> and want him first flight in the morning. Well, no, nah, they're like, really. wait, hold, hold up, what? Super League? Okay, do you want to come play in the Super League? All right. <laughs> no, he's going to say no because he's going to want to play for the U.S. Men's National Team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, he doesn't but- want to miss out on the World Cup. Well, let's first let's qualify for the World Cup. Still, after <laughs> we failed to qualify for the Olympics, but. but- there's a position open on that U.S. squad. We'll, we'll probably talk about this later in Yanks or something for K. Yeah. Cal to come in and take that starting position because it's not the strongest position for that USA squad. But everybody knows now. You're on Twitter. MLS is posting about it. You're on. You're on YouTube. MLS is posting this highlight from this phenom, 17 year old phenom, and I'm like, oh no, here we go, here we go, guys. It's here. It's happening. All the hype we tried to make for this guy. All the hype that. All of us talked about him. Doesn't mean anything. Now the whole country knows about Cade Cowell. So he, I was looking at his Instagram yesterday. He had around 10,000 followers. Um, and now he's probably had 13,000. So an instant, right? In one wow. day, three, yeah, 30% of your followers increase. Everybody wants to talk about this guy. Everybody wants to get a piece of the media hype around it. Um, we got to do our best to kind of, you know, keep it a little lower. Um, I think the, the so the man of the match today that the Quakes released. What's your guess? 
Hmm. I mean, Wondolowski because he got a red card and he is a badass. No, no, it's got obviously Kate Cow. No, so where uh, Carlos Fierro got one man of the match, and I think that has a lot Ooh. to do with Matias Almeida not wanting it to get to Cade's head, um, because he <laughs> talked about in the press conference that he he he's he's always talking to Cade Cow to make sure that he doesn't get in over himself, so he doesn't get too cocky, because that's the worst thing that can happen to. Uh, a player that's so young, right? They get full of cockiness and they stop learning and they stop developing and they stop becoming the player that they can be. And players like Espinoza and Alanis, he was saying, always keep him humbled. JT always does a great job defending him. Um, always, always does a great job representing Cade. But Cade, again, they, they are protecting him a bit because he's so young, right? He's not even 18 years old. And we definitely need to be careful with um, the, the big media coming in right now because, yeah, I mean, if, if I saw a video saying a 17-year-old phenom and that was me, I would go crazy, man. I would be like, oh, man, I'm the best in the world. I'm the best in the world. So I can understand what he how he's feeling or how he stays humble. I mean, the guy goes fishing every morning, so it must be very relaxing. But, um, but no, kudos right. to And due to the yet a movie theaters game. being closed, like he hasn't been to an R-rated movie yet since turning like 17, I bet, right? So, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so you go to R-rated uh, movies at 17? I never knew that. Yeah, 17 was when you can go to R-rated movie. Oh, well. Um, you needed to have a license. Uh, mm. I forgot about that. I didn't get my license until I was 18. So when I tried to go into the movie theater one time, they said no because you can't prove that you're 17. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> but I remember when I was 17, I was celebrating college acceptances. This guy is celebrating goals and assists in MLS. Right. This is incredible. And, and- beautiful goals at that they're not like these these uh battered type of goals or battered assists i mean this was a very nice assist and it was it's coming from a striker right so you the u.s men's national team is probably like what what i've never seen josie Altidore make a pass like that so there this is a good game this is the game where we can say Cade cal starting to become brilliant right and and right. everybody so PayPal Park, Ivan. I mean, I'm in Japan. You're in San Diego. We're not there, but it's awesome to see people back, right? Yeah, exactly. It's such a relief to see fans in the stadium, to hear from our friends, our listeners, our colleagues on social media talk about going to the game or their friends or family going to the game if they couldn't themselves. It's a nice semblance of normalcy that's returning yeah. in the expectation that by June, California is going to be opened up, which mm. sounds exciting, but that actually scares me. I think in the context of you know sports, that's a very controlled environment. They've been under a microscope throughout this whole pandemic when they were completely out of operation to when they were bringing teams and leagues across the world back into the fold. Mm. And then they start putting in bands in stadiums where there's regions of a lot of people who don't believe in the virus or vaccines even. Right, so, right. and, but now it's all across the board. It's all across the United States. Fans are slowly but surely filling the seats it felt nice for the quicks to be a part of this. It also felt nice that for the first time we're recording a podcast and I'm like not totally depressed because <laughs> Chivas, Warriors, Sharks, Raiders, 
etc. all lost on the same weekend. The A's are on a winning streak. The Warriors won last night against the Denver Nuggets. And now the Quakes get a win too. Right. I remember and- when we started this podcast, how bad they were. <laughs> and that was not even a full year ago. So it's like, okay, like granted we beat FC Dallas. FC Dallas were a playoff team last year. They knocked out Portland Timbers on before getting eliminated in the next round. But they are a team in transition because they constantly are selling players. Right. Players are growing up. Players are getting a European interest, and then they go. And they're still trying to figure out their DP situation. They're not happy FC Dallas fans about Frank O'Hara. They're calling for him to get subbed out of this game. Mm. And frankly, I don't know why Ricardo Pepe wasn't starting. He's been one of their better players last season. So mm. there's still some things for them to figure out. But it is clear that they are western conference playoff level team there's probably more playoff level teams in the western conference and there will be playoff spots this year now that we're back to the top seven qualifying so that was an important win games against fc dallas against dc united Mm. at home even if they are i mean dc united weren't a good team last year but but any eastern conference might be w we need a w yeah you you need the w uh, against Real Salt Lake, I expect the W as well, mainly because of the juxtaposition between these next two games and then the one after that is against Seattle Sounders. Yeah. If you can walk into PayPal Park on a Wednesday against Seattle Sounders, maybe you're a little bit tired, but you have nine points out of a possible 12 from your first four games, it makes a world of difference, I think. Yeah. And especially like before we record this podcast, I caught the end of the LAFC versus Seattle Sounders game. Granted, mm. LAFC right now, you know, it's not a hot take to say, or tectonic take even, to say <laughs> LAFC are a better team than the San Jose Earthquakes. What? So them being able to pile the pressure on a Seattle Sounders who are running a back five uh, the way that they did is an expectation for them. But they LAFC showed San Jose Earthquakes and the rest of MLS, for that matter, a blueprint for taking down this Seattle Sounders team, granted, without Nicholas Ladero due to injury, that but, they aren't unbeatable, especially in early in the season, because we know Seattle Sounders, they like to turn it up after the summer. Right, and, and LAFC was without Vela and Rossi, so... That's a right. team that was, as well, not 100%. They were more like 30%, right? So, um, but I wanted to say, yeah, I mean, it's great to see fans back at the stadium. I want to give a shout-out. Will was there. Um, Will from Titanic Takes. And then Noto as well, um, Anthony Noto from Titanic Yanks. They were both there representing Titanic Takes, and they were giving uh, lifetime um, f- uh, feeds, li- uh, live feeds of the game uh, on Twitter. So if you're not following them, please do. We have their uh, links in the in below. So we have their ads there. Um, but actually, before we go any forward, Ivan, I want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. I really do. Um, we have reached a milestone that I never thought we would reach. Um, we currently sit at 12 Patreoners. So uh, our 12 patrons, I, that's how you say it officially. But I really want to thank everybody by name since we have the time here today. Um, I want to thank Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Mitchells. Thank you so much. I want to thank Robin Horn. I want to thank Ernesto Rogers, Matt Richardson, Roberto Gonzalez, Lucas Glogi. Uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm ruining it. I'm sorry. Um, David Mays, Eric Santiago, Michael Kleeman, Sam Habish, Jeff Vickas, and Andrew Thompson. 
without you guys, um, this is not possible. So you guys help um, fund all the graphics we make um, for creating everything we do to try to grow this community. Um, Supporting artists in our community as well, making sure that they're compensated for the time and effort they put in too for us. Right. And I mean, this is not easy, right? It takes a lot of our days every single day. So we appreciate you guys going on our Patreon and signing up for that. Um, Really, we started up a uh, Satanic Takes in Espanol account. And um, it's targeted for all those Chivas fans that always want to find out what, you know, Alanis and Carlos Fierro and Chofis Lopez are doing. So definitely, if you're interested in that side of the things, I made an account for that and we're growing. We, uh, we're already at a hundred followers. So please, if you're interested, go ahead and um, follow us there. But yeah, I mean, those guys are always on the comments, right? Always saying, Oh, See you know, Sai. <laughs> so we, I needed to do something. Cause I mean, I feel like they're fans of the, of the players, but not the teams. And I just wanted to go ahead and, um, and do something for them. So if you haven't followed our Espanol account, please do. Also, we want to thank the beautiful game network again for helping host this podcast for this last year i know it's only a year right everybody talks about oh how many years but no it's only been one year or not even a year yet but thank you to the beautiful game network for hosting this podcast and uh roughneck scars for sponsoring them and icarus fc thank you as well um but right the tale of jekyll and hyde i mean eric or looked really slow in houston but he looked really on the ball here <clears throat> He looked great. I mean, for $200,000, this guy looks like a steal. That's like a price tag for Luis Felipe, right? This is guy is, is young. He's a player that's played with Almeida before. Looking back on that, how do you think this, this player looks in the first two games? I think Eric Amedi showed why yeah, he was a shrewd decision, and I think it pays off that we made an acquisition for a player that has MLS experience. It's something that is surely needed when you mix him in with signings that come from outside of the league right i think every time a club has a transfer window where it's exclusively players from outside their league there is a bit of a growing pain period and granted eric remedy had a bit of a growing pain period in that first game but he's a veteran player at this point and he knows how to bounce back after a bad game and I think that's going to be helpful. I think that's a reality of being a San Jose Earthquakes player that we're still figuring things out and trying to become a more established top team in MLS. So those ups and downs are important. And you need players that are going to respond well to those ups and downs, not players who are going to, you know, falter under the pressure. And in our podcast interviews with players over the season, We've learned about the conversations they had during those stretches of games where they were yeah. losing a lot of games and losing badly in a lot of those games and how that positive team environment, which mm. not every club in the world has the luxury of having when they're struggling. And granted, MLS is fortunate that we don't have a promotion relegation system. Right. So that lack of a penalty does make a positive uh, culture a bit more possible. Mm. But it shows, you know, San Jose Earthquakes is a great place where you can have players that have been at this club for years now, if not longer, in the case of Wondolowski and Salinas. Right. You bring in newcomers, and they fit in almost like a glove. And I think Remedy is going to do just that. Yeah. And, Ivan, you said um, there's no promotion relegation in America. And I'm thinking, oh, this is the best talent in the whole America – or in 
this is the best talent in all of North America. There's no promotion relegation. There's just good teams against good teams. Are we the American Super League? <laughs> I no comment. thought about it in jest when <laughs> Toronto knocked out Leon in the CONCACAF Champions League uh, round of 16. That leaves that competition with eight teams left, five from MLS, three from Liga Mekis. Mm. However, three of those four matchups, of course, are MLS versus Liga Mekis. So it could be possible it could be a clean sweep with MLS all in the semifinals. Mm. But on the other end of the spectrum, it could be three Liga Mekis teams against the team that had to advance from that one matchup right. against uh, Toronto FC. So I think... There's a lot of similarities between the way MLS's uh, league operates and the Super League. And a lot of those similarities, of course, are negative traits. Right. <laughs> but I think for the most part, you there is a connection that MLS has with its fans that could not be replicated with a Super League. I think if you put mm. any of those European leagues in a Super League, the relationships you had with your existing fans, generations of fans who their great grandfathers supported Manchester United and Liverpool, they it's gonna be strained because they are holding on to the memory of what it once was. Right. And you, the new fans you're gonna get, they're gonna be gold diggers in classics. <laughs> no doubt about it. If no I were a fan today and it was a super league and I knew about the history of the sport and what how it's meant to be played, I would rather be an Everton or a Leicester City fan. So mm. I'm so glad that it's not a thing as of now and hopefully it, will, it never will be. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, this is, this is the part uh -oh. where I'm a little weird about it. I kind of uh -oh, like, I liked, I liked it a bit because the premier league is won by the, the, the top six almost all the time. Lester was such a sweet Cinderella story. And I would, the part of me that loves kind of like this lower division, not as good as the top league Spurs soccer. Won. Would would have loved. I mean, seeing what happens in the Premier League with all these teams gone, right? What would happen? Who who would become the new Liverpool? Who would become the new Ever or not Everton, but um, who would become the new Arsenal? New Manchester Everton United? would become the new Liverpool, literally. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but um, yeah, I think it is interesting to think about, but that's about as positive as I'm willing to go with it. Mm. I do want to get into uh, a couple of our fan content that we have so yeah. many of you know that we started a tectonic takes mls fantasy league so i just yeah. want to provide a brief update for the very important announcement that i'm in first place suckers and i, <laughs> I probably won't be the case after this week because like an idiot i once again uh captain carlos vela and he's still hurt so <laughs> I, I if i'm still in first place after this week i'll be shocked it's yeah. gonna be one of those how many times are we going to teach you this lesson old man moments even though i'm only 25 but well everybody needs to set the really lineup. exciting i look forward to seeing yeah i look forward to seeing how everyone does and what kind of players everyone picks right and it's going to be a lot of fun regardless of how well we do it's going to be a great way to connect with players i mean um Fans. Well, yeah, fantasy league yeah. players, but of course, fellow San Jose Earthquakes fans. Yeah, but going uh, back any to thoughts the... on the fantasy MLS? Is this your first fantasy season, or have you done this before? 
No, this is my first fantasy MLS season. Um, I think I did it a while ago, but I didn't really okay. pay attention. So this is the first one where it's like, okay, I know the MLS. I know MLS now, um, but I know it a little more because ever since we started mm-hmm. this podcast, I remember the first time we had it. I mean, you were asking me quiz quiz questions about you know all my information I knew, and I didn't know anything. But now doing this every single day, you 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 definitely get a, a hold of it, right? Um, but going a little back into the game, this was a yellow card friend. So if I asked you to name the if I ask you, uh, if I very quickly, if I mm-hmm. ask you to name all twenty-seven MLS teams today, do you think you could name them all? <laughs> yes, but I'm not going to because it's going to take too long. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, we won't do it. We yeah. we are you know running a bit low on time, uh, but you can make your comment about the yellow card frenzy, and then I'll go into yeah. the uh, fan comments that we okay. Have. Yeah, no problem. So the yellow card frenzy basically was, I mean, everybody was getting a yellow. Eric Grimetti didn't get a yellow until at the very end. But it, well, there was a point where he was hanging on to one of the players and he didn't get a yellow card. Like the guy was holding on for dear life and he didn't get a yellow card. But he finally did um, when he poked the ball out. And so we, we, we had a yellow card. We had a tw- uh, 20 minutes, Ryan's hauling head. Um, we had Bryant Acosta at the 25th minute. We had Tanner Testman at the 33rd minute. Then we had Eduardo Lopez at the 45th minute. And then we had Carlos Fierro at the 53rd minute. Shea Salinas at the 75th. Chris Wondolowski with the red at the 89th minute. And Siad Haji at 90th and uh, four minutes. Um, Eric Medi's not on there, but he eventually did get one. Um, I believe it was closer to the end, too. So a lot of yellow cards. Um, you kind of want to see a little bit of grit from your team. But then once the yellow card accumulation starts getting worse and people get suspended, you don't want that grit, right? So it's definitely fun to see at the beginning of the season, but we'll we'll see at the end of the season. Um, but the shots on goal, the San Jose Earthquakes had 15, uh, or 15 shots and seven on goal. They had 16 fouls and three corner kicks. Um, so overall, a great game from San Jose. I felt like they looked completely confident compared to how they did it in Houston. I really think now looking back, the rain had a lot to do with it. And also... Now they have a full 90 minutes underneath them and they looked a lot better. They looked a lot crisper. Um, we need to do a little bit better getting jumping out of the gate instead of um, like kind of walking out of the gate. So definitely we are most vulnerable when we start the game. And I think teams are starting to get a hold of that. And right. going, and going into my so man of the match, I think Cade Cowell deserves it. Um, I think that, he was a great player. Did everything right this game. Um, was a little quiet. Sorry to blow first. your cover, Almeida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but was a little quiet in the first half. Had a great second half. Um, but overall, I think he did a great job. Who do you think's your guy? Yeah, it's Kate Cow for me. Yeah, pretty pretty easy. All right, and so Ivan, so, if you want to go ahead and read those questions, we'll go ahead and get started with the fan questions. Right. So the first is uh, a bit of a stat here. So mm. Robert at Epicentered on Twitter uh, said that this was the first time that the San Jose Earthquakes have been in a positive goal differential after their first two games since 2017. Mm. And then Brian and Abawag on the San Jose Earthquakes Facebook group mentioned furthermore that it's the first time since 2016 that the Quakes have had a positive goal differential <laughs> in, 
April. So mm. these are very depressing stats, but when I look back and I think of the last several seasons, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, we never start like well. The San earthquakes, they've been on in term like when you're in debt like you're in the red and when you're making a profit you're in the black they've been in the red for a while now yeah. and they've been trying to claw their way out of it and they're right. starting to do so <laughs> yeah no definitely and i mean almeida even said in his presser that this team doesn't come out winning usually so it starts his third year on a different note we finally got our win in the second game um it, it usually takes a while for us to get our first win um, but I have another interesting tidbit. This is Osvaldo Alanis's second goal in his second home opener for the San Jose Earthquakes. So he scored in the last home opener, and then he scored in this home opener. So Osvaldo Alanis, if you're a betting man, next year, if he's if he's back around, you bet on him to score a goal in the home opener as well. But no, definitely, that's a nice little He's like that popular there. kid. He's like that popular kid in the high school homecoming game where he always gets a touchdown as a wide receiver on home, <laughs> on homecoming. Like, He's like, and everyone just is totally excited. All I need is like, my girl's here. Let me let me shoot this penalty. I need a goal. I need to show up for my girl. She's in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Osvaldo, we love Osvaldo Alanis because he, he likes all of our posts on Instagram. So thank you, Osvaldo. <laughs> everything Lucas Glogi uh, said regarding a tactical change in attacking and chance creation in 2019 Quakes created more opportunities and more shots to detail this change he compares this 3-1 win over FC Dallas to a 3-1 win at home against the Vancouver Whitecaps where the Sands Quakes had around 30 shots he says it feels like they've been turning down the general amount of aggression and pressure they used to have. What are your thoughts on that, Fabi? Yeah, it might, it might have to do with Chofis Lopez um, kind of getting his feet wet still. Um, he, I saw a couple of comments on Twitter before I brought the game up that he was walking out there, and I can see that. I can see how they were thinking that. Um, maybe it has to do with that he doesn't know his place yet. It also can have to do with uh, Eric Rometty being new too. So, I, again, I think this is it's too soon to kind of point this game to the Vancouver game. If you point at a game from later in this season, and you say, hey, look, this is where we're at, and it works, or if it doesn't work, that's something we can look at. But as of right now, it might be too early to make a comparison like that. <clears throat> Fair enough. Yeah. And I just want to uh, also request this to anyone listening. If you're going to call any athlete lazy, uh, make sure you're very specific as to what you mean, because I can assure you 90 minutes plus of a soccer game, a lazy person can't do that. Uh, If you see a player walking every now and then, they're probably pacing themselves because you have to. You can't be sprinting Mm. for 90 minutes. Right. But – in some cases, such as part of what I saw for trophies, I do think some of the criticism is warranted. But like yeah. I said earlier, it's too soon to call him a bust or anything. Like, none of that stuff. We're going to see more about him in these coming weeks. Uh, enjoy these one-game-a-week uh, scheduling right. while you can. Yeah. Because I can already see with our upcoming schedule, we're going to have our first Wednesday game soon. So Saturday, May 1st at 8 p.m., 
We're hosting DC United. I already checked my work schedule, Fabi. I'm free that afternoon to do maybe a somewhat late post game, or yeah, maybe we can we always do, do a yeah. pre game podcast, depending on oh yeah how we feel that day. Yeah, I'm down. So uh, that's an option. And for after that, we have on Friday, May seventh, so a bit of a shorter week. 6.30 p.m., we go to Sandy, Utah to take on Real Salt Lake. And mm. then from Friday, we have an even shorter week, or Wednesday, May 12th, at 7.30 p.m., we host the Seattle Sounders. Seattle Sounders will be the first real big test, with all due right. respect to Dynamo, <laughs> Dallas, United, and Real Salt Lake. Seattle is definitely going to be a team that the Quakes have circled on their calendar. And right. To be fair, obviously, we failed the first test against Houston Dynamo. We got the win against FC Dallas. So yeah, maybe hey. we're like a C student right now, but we'll see what happens here. Hey, if, we'll get if a you clear would, picture of... If you would have told me we'll that... We'll get a clear picture of... <laughs> it shows that we're so rusty let me a little just, bit, right? <laughs> we're talking over each other. We're a little yes, rusty here. exactly. Um, but yeah. if you would have told me that so we would have three we'll points... We'll get a better picture. Go, yeah. go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead. Just, just go ahead. Okay, <laughs> fine. I'll go this time. So we'll get a clear picture not only of where the San Jose Earthquakes are once we get to the five-game mark after Seattle, but also a clear picture of where MLS is. is so that's mm-hmm. why I didn't provide a league standings table because we're barely into the second weekend right now. There's still a lot of teams that haven't played more than one game, so... Once we get further into the season with these podcasts, I'll start doing some uh, table uh, updates. Yeah, and um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that, hey, we're going to get three points within the first two games, I would have been happy with that. I would have said, okay, we won against F- or we won against Houston and we lost against FC Dallas. Here we are with three points. Uh, we won against FC Dallas and lost against Houston. So um, I think this Quakes team is going to be a good team this year. I think our – um, my standings of them being in either third or fourth place is still going to come true. I think they're going to get the job done next week in, w- against DC. And if you guys are going to be at the game, make sure you say hi to Will and Noto um, and the Teutonic Takes crew. But what do you think of next week's game, Ivan? What do you, uh, the, I think the, you know, the lineup's going to be the same. Uh, we're not going to see too many changes. Maybe Marcos Lopez, if he feels fit. Or Lucho Abacasis instead of Palmeri, but I think Palmeri did a great job. I mean, I didn't see that much out of him where I felt like, hey, you know, whoa, 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 what are we doing? We need to put anybody there, but not him. Um, and then I think we're gonna still see Remedi start, and then Cade Cal. That's your job now. That's your spot. I mean, looks like you're the guy. So um, let's, guys. Let me. I'm gonna say this one last thing too. Enjoy Cade Cal while he's here, because <laughs> with with all this media circus and all this hype. It's not long until um, Southampton comes with a twenty or fifteen million dollar offer, and and if you're the Quakes, you you can't say no to that. Yeah, I think once KCal gets an opportunity that works for him, he's still very young, so the prospect of going to another country will be uh, a big transition for him. But you, you can't hold back a player that has potential to be. A great player and you know whether that potential will be realized in mls or elsewhere remains to be seen so we'll see what happens um for now though i'm just happy with where the quakes are at the moment yep. and i'm looking forward to the rest of the season 
Yeah, and that and that wraps it up for us, guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in again to listen to our 38th episode. So we've been doing this, I mean, a lot of episodes, but it's been less than a year. Um, but please uh, feel free to keep, uh, you know, subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, I'm throwing a lot of videos on there because the Quakes FO now just sends us videos that we can download and throw up on YouTube and media stuff. So please make sure you're subscribed. Um, listen to all the press conferences. Make sure you're involved and, and feel like you're a part of the club because you are. You're a fan. You're a part of this community. You should feel like you're involved with the club. Uh, again, we do have a Patreon if you want to be a part of the Titanic Takes family and help us make content for all of you please feel free to join. Um, no obligation. It's something that you want to do. We're not forcing you to do that. But um, I guess that's it for us, Ivan. All I have to say is go Quakes, right? Go Quakes. Go Quakes.